Welcome to Body Matters Podcast, where we bring to you raw and inspiring content on all things to do with body positivity and eating disorder recovery. But before we begin, I'd like to acknowledge Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people as traditional people and traditional owners of this country. We acknowledge with gratitude First Nations communities for their continuing care and connection to the lands or waters with which they have protected for thousands of years. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging and recognise that First Nations sovereignty was never ceded. Well, thanks for coming on the podcast. No worries. Thank you for having me. So... Would you be able to provide a little background information about yourself and maybe talk about some things that you do to stay well? Yeah, sure. So I guess a little bit about me. Um, I am an accredited practicing dietitian. So I see clients online in a clinic. Um, I also work in a hospital um, seeing patients on the ward and that kind of thing. And I have my Instagram, healthy bod, healthy mind. So I guess like the main focus with my practice is predominantly disordered eating and eating disorders and gut health. So um, I think I'm a very health at every size approach dietitian. So what that means is finding a way of eating and nutrition that is right for you rather than focusing on weight or weight loss. Um, Because for me, I find that that is not very helpful for anyone to do. Um, So that's kind of, I guess, like my focus with what I do. Um, What I do to stay well is, I guess, like, yeah, I like to move my body most days. So whether that's going for a run or going to the gym or going for a walk, I really enjoy doing those things with my friends Um, and I'm really lucky to have a group of friends who all enjoy those types of things. So it's kind of like hitting two birds with one stone in the fact that I get to do things that make me feel good, but also, you know, it's a social event for me as well, which is really nice. I think those would be the main things. Otherwise, like, you know, the usual watching Netflix, reading a book. (laughs) Yes, you're in so many different worlds, especially like the biomedical, you would see such different perspectives of life and health and then being able to adjust it. Yeah, definitely. So (laughs) different, but amazing to have those perspectives too. Yeah. So each week on the podcast, we like to ask our guests about a recent challenge that they've experienced and how they have managed to overcome it. Do you think you have one? Yeah, so I had to have a think about this and I was like, what has been something that's been challenging for me and I think this is going to sound a bit strange coming from a dietitian who loves cooking and loves all of that stuff but I have not been prioritizing like cooking good meals like a lot of nights it's been toast or like eggs for dinner (laughs) or a tin of tuna or something depressing like that so I over the past like couple of weeks has been have been really focusing on prioritizing getting groceries and trying to be more organized with that kind of thing. Cause I think, you know, even me as a dietitian, sometimes I struggle with, you know, making sure that I'm cooking myself good meals and not being lazy with it. Um, But I think like, yeah, just taking like half an hour of planning out what I'm going to have and making sure that I go and get groceries and that kind of thing. Um, But yeah, that's what, that's what I've been working on lately. (laughs) 
But life gets like that. Like that's so relatable that you're trying to juggle all these things that most people kind of do if they have a nine to five and then trying to add in like fitness and health. So it's more relatable rather than maybe someone who just works from home and doesn't do too much different stuff has that more time to focus on it. Yeah. And I mean, I do work from home a lot of the time as well. So it's just like, (laughs) you kind of just let it slip sometimes. And then you're like, oh, okay. You know what will actually make me feel good is if I do prioritize these things. So I think like that can be the hardest thing sometimes is actually taking the time and effort to put that energy into doing something for yourself, even though it's something that a lot of people don't necessarily like classify as self-care. Like it's not like a bubble bath or like a face mask. It's like going and getting groceries. <laughs> yes. But then it shows that it does happen to everyone. You know what yeah. I mean? Even people <laughs> in the space. <laughs> For sure. Absolutely. So what is your definition of health and why is everybody's different? I think for me, my definition of health and feeling healthy is, I guess, when I'm kind of like in alignment with like how my body feels and what I am doing for my body. So I guess for me, it's when I'm feeling strong, I'm feeling like I'm, you know, moving my body, eating foods that make me feel good and also not restricting myself or, you know, worrying about it too much. Cause I definitely have been in that place well before I became a dietitian where I did struggle a lot with my relationship with food and it was very, much um, weight focused or, you know, focusing on how your body looks rather than how you feel. So for me now, really focusing on, you know, what does make my body feel its best, making sure that I'm resting enough, making sure that I'm doing those things that do make me feel good as well. Um, And I think it's like, yeah, I guess when you're feeling strong and confident and just well, not sick. (laughs) Yes, wellness is so important. And it's also that tendency to restrict could be influenced by diet culture and the people around you, such as maybe comparing your plate of food to others. Definitely. So how does comparing your plate of food to others, how may that not actually benefit your health? Yeah, so I guess like we see it a lot these days with, you know, what I eat in a day on, you know, social media and that kind of thing. Um, and I find that it can be very triggering for a lot of people when we see, you know, oh, this person looks like this and they're eating this food in their day. Um, I should be, if I do that, maybe I'll look like them. And it kind of creates this discourse where we think, you know, if I eat like that, I will look like this person, even if it's more of a subconscious thought a lot of the time, which can be very damaging because what we know is that everybody you know, people could eat the exact same thing and do the exact same workouts and still look very, very different to another person. Um, So I find that these kinds of videos or this kind of content is generally quite unhelpful for most people um, just because of that kind of thought process that can then come into it. And even comparing your plate of food to people daily like maybe your friends eating less than you yeah. and then maybe you're eating more as well just how other people at the table are but then you don't know how much they've eaten that day or that week and there's yeah. so many different factors oh exactly and I think a lot of the time people can be yeah very self-conscious of that type of thing as well and yeah just like you said you don't know what's happening in the rest of their day or at the rest of their meals, whether they're then, you know, having a tiny salad at lunchtime and then going home and having a huge meal at dinner time or whatever else is happening. So it's very 
dangerous, I guess, to be comparing ourselves to other people when we're all so different. And a lot of the time it doesn't give us the full picture, especially on social media where it's so easily edited or, you know, curated to look a certain way. And we don't actually know what's kind of going on behind the scenes as well. Yes, exactly. So then why might people require different types and amounts of foods to be healthy? Well, I guess it does come down to, you know, everyone has a very different lifestyle. Um, Genetics come into play as well. Obviously, our bodies are all very, very different. And I like to think of the example of, you know, say we've got a poodle and a, a bulldog, you know, they're both dogs, but they probably need very different amounts of food. They, you know, could eat the exact same amount and still look very, very different. And that's kind of coming down to genetics. Our bodies are all very different. Um, and, and that, you know, has a big impact on the way that our bodies look. But I think, you know, how we're brought up, um, our relationship with food, um, how much exercise we do, how active we are, what types of jobs we have. Like there are so many different factors that play into our energy requirements and our, you know, nutrition requirements. Um, and I think, you know, just putting it down to, oh, that person eats that amount. I should eat that amount and I'll look the same is just, you know, it's, it's not how it works, unfortunately. <laughs> no, it can be so detrimental. And even Miley Cyrus posted on Instagram a few days ago, the media asked her, you know, what's your secret to being lean? And she's like, well, everyone's different. And I need to see your blood work before you can even start to look into things. Like there's just so many different factors that can impact everything about your health and your well-being. And there's emotional health and social health. And there's just so many other components to well-being. Exactly. 100%. So then why is health dependent on so many different things in life and what are some of them? Well, yeah, I guess like like I said, obviously our genetics, our um, our lifestyle, but also like our habits, what we've been brought up, you know, learning and, you know, knowing how to do things and our ability to cook or prepare food for ourselves, like our socioeconomic status. So whether we have the money and time to actually, you know, buy healthy foods or prepare healthy foods or, you know, there's so many different things there that play into that. And I think, you know, a lot of the time we kind of don't really see that because we just see these celebrities who are like, yeah, just do a juice cleanse, like get your chef to make you this, that, the other, like it's so easy and they have hours a day to worry about all of these different types of things. But then you know, if you're a person who has, you know, a nine to five, or maybe you work two jobs, or you've got like a family that you then have to juggle all of these other commitments as well. It really, you know, kind of sets you back a lot further than someone else who doesn't have all of these other issues or other um, responsibilities as well in their life that they have to juggle. So I think it can be really um, tricky to kind of, yeah, realize all of those different things and how how our entire lives can impact our health um, and how it's not always as easy as you know a lot of you know other people who may be more privileged see it to be yes and it's like you're saying it could also be like the convenience of things you know you could be traveling the world and eating foods everywhere or you might eat a lot of 
airplane food like there's so many different yeah. components to create your lifestyle your well-being and kind of the access of food that you have yeah yeah hmm. definitely so then what happens when you start eating what other people eat instead of what your body may need yeah we could approach that question from a few different angles but I think you know whether it depends on your eating foods that aren't agreeing with you, maybe you're a bit intolerant to some foods, maybe you're eating more or less than your body needs. And again, like maybe then you're starting to ignore your internal body, like hunger and fullness cues. So maybe you're not eating enough. So you're feeling really hungry or you're just eating foods that you don't even enjoy. I think it's like, you know, obviously with anything, like there's so many different things that we have preference for and, you know, when we start to do things according to something else that's not coming from within ourselves, um, we really, yeah, start to ignore a lot of those signals that our bodies naturally send us. And that's so important. It's kind of like your preferences as well, what you like, what you were raised yeah. on. They're so different and there's so many different versions of foods as well. Why would you eat something a lot of food that you don't like because it's following someone else's plan, but they haven't even met you kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like convenience as well. Like sometimes it's like whatever they're eating may just not be convenient or it may not be something that's easy for you to make or get the ingredients for or all of that kind of thing as well. Or maybe the food that you're eating is convenient, like feeding the family. There's something you need yeah. to be quick or something that's close to your local area, like what's available. Yeah. So then how can we reduce the influence of diet culture on our food choices? Well, first of all, unfollowing any social media accounts that don't make you feel good about yourself or, you know, any accounts that you find that you are comparing yourself to maybe. Um, just really being aware when we are, you know, thinking about choosing foods and thinking, am I choosing this food because I think that it's going to change my body in some way? Or am I choosing this food because I genuinely enjoy it and it makes me feel good? For example, a lot of the time people will choose, you know, the diet versions of foods or the really the lowest calorie option. And I think really, yeah, asking yourself, why am I choosing this specific food? And is it because I genuinely enjoy it and it makes me feel good? Or is it because I am just choosing the lowest calorie option? Um, or I, for some reason, think this one is the healthiest option for me. Wow, that is so interesting. It's like looking at the tendency to restrict or what's going to benefit your well-being, your health, your overall long term. You know, if you're going to choose to restrict each day, that's going to be quite detrimental. Whereas if you're choosing like what you're craving, what your body wants, what your body needs, social occasions, like there's so many different things and reasons why to choose yourself over like comparing yourself to others or feeling bad and choosing the restriction. Yeah. And I think as well, when we kind of take away a lot of those restrictions, which so many of us, um, I guess, place upon ourselves because we see, you know, whether it's from social media or whatever else, like that we need to restrict certain foods or, um, you know, be careful of, you know, having too much bread or whatever it is. Um, I think when we kind of lift those restrictions and actually allow ourselves to choose foods based on what makes our bodies feel good and what we actually feel like having, it's so much easier to eat in a way that feels good and is, 
I guess, like more healthy for you as well. I think people often get quite scared about doing that because they think they're only going to eat unhealthy foods or, you know, if I, if I don't have these rules in place, what's going to stop me from eating 10 cupcakes for breakfast or whatever it is. Um, But I think when we actually do take away that restriction and it's not kind of, um, you know, it's a lot easier for us to then say, okay, well, what do I actually want to have and what is going to make me feel my best Um, and kind of making that decision rather than rebelling against these rules that we've made up because a lot of the time when we restrict ourselves from things that we actually want to have, we try to rebel against those rules because we're like, oh, I've been so good for two weeks. Now I'm going to have, you know, whatever I want. I don't care anymore. Um, Or it kind of gets to that breaking point where, you know, we're just like, screw it. Like, I'm just going to have whatever. So when we take away those restrictions, it's a lot easier to be like, okay, well, what does my body want right now? And what is going to make me feel my best? Um, and yeah, it's, it feels like more of a, a choice rather than, you know, this, this rule that you're um, feeling restricted by. Yes. So what are some health promoting activities away from restriction and rules? What is actually healthy? I guess, you know, that is going to look very different for everyone. So there's no single diet that I would say is like the healthiest diet that you could ever be on. I think just finding that balance for yourself, allowing yourself to have foods that you enjoy while also making sure you try to include, you know, veggies and whole foods and fruits and whole grains and all of those things that, you know, we know that are good for us because I find that, you know, most people know what healthy foods or, you know, foods that are good for them looks like but I think it is finding that balance where you know that point is going to be different for everyone um and depends on you know your lifestyle and the types of things that you enjoy I think trying to get some movement in is also um really important and really good for you know our health and our mental health and also yeah finding activities that help support your mental health so relaxation activities like you know reading a book or going for a walk or um, listening to a podcast you know just spending time to help yourself unwind because obviously these days life is very busy and crazy and a lot of people are very stressed so I think like really prioritizing self-care activities that make you feel good and help you to relax um, those would probably be my my main things Yes. And like you were saying, your food choices can be dependent on your emotional and mental health as well. So trying to find a balance in all areas is so important. Yeah. So then how can you find your own version of what's healthy? Yeah. So I think trying to take away that comparison aspect and really trying to listen to how your body is feeling and kind of what makes you feel your best. I think like setting small goals for yourself can be really helpful in kind of finding that place for yourself. So, um, you know, trying to include half a plate of veggies at like your lunch and dinner, for example, and um, trying to make sure you're drinking enough water or, you know, aiming to go for a walk, you know, it's all going to look so different for everyone. And I think, finding that balance where it feels sustainable for you is like the most important thing. So just finding, yeah, finding a way to do these things that make you feel good, but in a way that's not going to make you 
you know, burn out after two weeks. So it's not like an eight week challenge or anything like that. It's something that you can continue doing for the rest of your life. And if there's something that feels like it's maybe a bit too intense for you, you know, scaling it back and like setting the bar a little bit lower for yourself, because, you know, what is healthy for you um, can be, can look very different to, you know, something that's healthy for the next person. Yes, definitely. And then what about people who do compare their food to others? How can they start making their own decisions about food and their health? I guess like having a think about what is important to them. Um, As I said, like trying to take away that comparison aspect and really listening to how the food that they're eating makes their body feel and I guess like meet the Australian guidelines because I think like that's something that not many people actually do um, with their nutrition. So like two serves of fruit, five serves of veggies a day, um, which for mo- for a lot of people is, you know, not super easy to do sometimes. But I think like aiming just for, you know, the, the basics um, and not overcomplicating it. Like you don't need to have heaps of, crazy supplements or anything like that. I think just really focusing on um, eating foods that make you feel good and trying to get in some fruits and veggies and whole grains and all of that kind of thing. Um, And if you can do that, like you're doing pretty amazingly. (laughs) Yes, you're definitely right, actually, like diversifying your food. Because if you're eating like maybe salad and just salad, you're not really eating the range or looking at what your body might be craving, then you probably are more likely to, yeah, binge or struggle with your emotional mental health because you're just not looking at the diversified range of foods to eat. Yeah, definitely. So then how important is food freedom for improving your relationship with food? So I guess, yeah, when we talk about our relationship with food, like having fruit, food freedom is like the highest kind of level of um, having a good relationship with food is being free with food, feeling like you can be spontaneous and like go out and eat whatever you feel like. Um I guess like, yeah, as I was saying before, food freedom doesn't necessarily mean like you can have, you just eat whatever you feel like at all times, but it does mean like you do have that ability and that choice to choose what you feel like rather than having to abide by any kind of set rules that you may have imposed on yourself. Um, So I think like, yeah, that is the most important thing when we, you know, when we do have a good relationship with food, we feel free with food and we um, feel like we can enjoy it without having any kind of stress or anxiety around it. Yes. And there are so many people that do promote food freedom and do incorporate it within their lives and it works so well as well. So just being able to kind of see that as well and understand what they're kind of doing to incorporate it rather than, yeah, maybe creating more rules around it. Yeah, definitely. So then what if there are people who maybe comment on your plate of food and your food choices? What can you kind of do around that? So there's a few things that we can do. (laughs) First of all, ignore their comments or change the subject. If it's something that you don't feel, you know, comfortable talking about with them, because I think obviously what we eat is something that's very personal and individual, as I've been saying. Um, And, you know, I think when other people comment on our food choices, it can feel, you know, it's something that 
can be quite triggering for people um, or, you know, it, it might be something that's generally pretty unhelpful for people to comment. So first of all, I'd say we don't want to comment on anyone's food choices um, or what they're eating or how much or how little they're eating um, because you don't really know what's going on behind the scenes for someone and whether they may be struggling with their relationship with food um, or an eating disorder. Um, but yeah, if someone does comment on your plate of food or your food choices, I think trying to yeah either change the subject if you don't feel like you're comfortable confronting them about it or alternatively telling them okay like what of it you know yeah. so what I'm eating a lot or I'm still hungry or you know yeah. what is it for you <laughs> because I think you know it's something that's so individual and you know no one has a right to be like oh you're eating again or you're eating that much or you're eating that little or you're not eating um it's none of their business so just tell them that (laughs) (laughs) so then what are the benefits of not comparing your plate of food to others then I think as I said like being more in tune with what your own body needs and actually listening to and honoring that because yeah when we do look to other people um for our food choices we can you know, uh, get a bit further away from listening to our bodies and it can then be harder to tune into that. So I think that's probably one of the biggest benefits is feeling, you know, more grounded within your body and learning more so how to um, interpret and understand the signals that it sends you because I think that's so important when we do look at, you know, things like eating more intuitively um, and really being able to listen to what your body needs and being able to honour honor that. Yes, it's really coming back to you and not looking at external people and their lives to really dictate what choices you should make for your body. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Sophie. And for anyone who's interested in finding more about you, where can they find you? So my handle on Instagram is at healthybodhealthymind um so you can find me there I'm also on TikTok occasionally (laughs) with the same handle but um yeah it was so nice to talk to you today yes you too and TikTok is good (laughs) (laughs) bye well that's the end of today's episode please subscribe leave us a comment or a review If you would also like to learn more about Body Matters services, you can check out our website at bodymatters.com.au. Thanks for listening.